It's a good show. Okay, this is Moses Allison, and you're listening to Radio 8-Ball with Andros Jones. Radio 8-Ball, give us a shake. We're in the studio, tempting fate. Putting questions to the songs we will randomly select here with the help of our friend, Synchronicity. Radio 8 Ball, give us a shake. Radio 8 Ball. Give us a shake. This is the Radio 8 Ball Show. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, here at the Record Company in Boston, Massachusetts, on September 27th, not September 26th, as I erroneously said at the beginning of this episode, but September 27th, 2018, with our musical guest, Steve Smith. I'm here. You is here. And you are here with another friend of yours from the South Shore, this this uh, infamous South Shore rock and roll scene that sustains you, a man named Paul Santo. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball, Paul. Hi, thanks for having me. People who are looking at this, uh, who are listening to this, if you check out the blog, you'll see Paul's dressed like a true rock and roller. You... I would believe from any era, really, there's no era where your groovy duds would not immediately signal that this guy is a cat. I'm actually a plumber, and I wear this when I go to fix pipes. <laughs> Vocal pipes. Or is that laying pipes? Vocal Sorry, pipes. that's not very politically correct. Oh, it's... it's just, just in the spirit of the... Uh, yeah. The television today, right, right. So, uh, but uh, so you are a musician, I take it. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly, and and how did you come across this Steve Smith guy that we're hanging out with today? Steve was a myth, <laughs> like and, like and, and, like the Yeti, no, and the Loch Ness more monster, like, more like an urban myth. <clears throat> and I'd, like, I'd heard like of the, chuds I'd, and I'd heard of this myth, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and it was Smith, not myth. We, so eventually we ran into each other and we commiserated and it turns out we sort of like each other, I guess, and have a lot in common. So. I was devastated that I wasn't actually Steve Smith from Journey. <laughs> that he was Stephen Smith from Crown Woods. Yeah. Crown Woods. Is that where you're from? That's the school I went to, which was a pretty prolific school. It turned out some pretty decent musicians. Like, like such as? Sir Glenn Tilbrook from Squeeze, uh-huh. uh, Alan White, the drummer from Oasis, and... Uh, so my friend who was uh, at school, he was named Richard Angiami. He's now Oro Angiami. He's, he's a producer and puts on a lot of shows in, in the theatre world in London. Um, and uh, my friend Yestin Paulson, who worked on David Gray's 
big breakthrough album, White, White Ladder. He engineered on that and he's worked on every, you know, basically he's worked for David ever since. And, uh, you know, he's one of them cats, very similar like Paul, who, who can adapt into many of the different worlds in in music, in, in recording, in, uh, you know, in the live uh, area of stuff. And, and uh, yeah, I moved from South London to, to, the, to the South Shore of Massachusetts and... I seem to find, as the guests that have been on today, you know, with Anthony and <clears throat> Quincy was on the phone and Aldous Collins and, and and now we finish it out with Mr. Paul Santos. Mm. So now how did you meet Paul? So what was, uh, what was your connection to Paul? How did you come across this guy? Well, he, he came up to me and I'm like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. If you ask me how I met him... Theoretically, it would be the same way that he met me. Yeah, but it's a Rashomon uh, thing. We've already established that in the show. Uh, I like that. Okay, (laughs) don't let me interrupt the flow, man. Go ahead. Yeah, and uh, so I think it was a private message from you, and just said, uh, you know, we're in the we're in the same kind of uh, you know the same kind of sphere here. We should we should meet up, and and I forget where the first time we met. Uh, It was at the galley. I went with Michelle, yeah, yeah. and we went to the galley, and, and you were playing, I believe, and you were very, very busy. Yeah, so I just said, hey, but, but hey, and that was that. But then when we had some downtime, we spoke, and I went over to Paul's uh, studio and, uh, you know, saw the guitars and saw the equipment and saw his beautiful uh, vintage kit that was sitting there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get along with this guy. This guy's probably, a, he's got something going on. So you, so you thought he was cool, but then when you saw his toys, you realized... He's, this is I want to be friends with this guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like that's like the, we we never grow up in that sense. It's like this guy seems cool. And then you go over to his house. He's like, oh, he's got the cool whatever. Oh, he's got the baseball cards, or he's got the cool guitar. He's got the great record collection. Oh, we can be buddies. We can be cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, a lot of simpatico. So you massive Who fans. Oh, let's then that's three of us. Absolutely. Yeah. Number one for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, um, have you seen? So you must have seen them many times. Mm, few. Yeah. You ever see Townsend solo? No. I would. Yeah, of course. Uh, what was your entree to the Who? Oh, just growing up as a kid and, and hearing the records, and, and I just was. I liked it because they were angry, and they were passionate, and they were funny, and they didn't really seem to like each other. And it was really careening. And the bottom line was they were individuals who had their very own sound on their instruments and vocally. And they wrote great songs. Pete wrote great songs. Was there any particular... Like, I know that for me, there were a lot... Like, at different times in my life, different Who records have been the one. But there... I Was there one moment for you when you were a kid... That yeah, live at Leeds. Live at Leeds. Yeah, because it was punishing, and it was—I couldn't believe people did that. And that was back when it was just the five-song record, and then it be, then it got expanded There's and expanded. Many iterations now, yeah. yeah. But you, that was back in the day, when which probably, kind of annoys me because they've replaced parts on the, the reissues. Yeah, and I, I like hearing the mistakes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so uh, and so, what is your? What's your? Honestly, you can probably hear me being like. I want to turn this into a Who podcast. Yeah, just no, talk for an hour about the Who. We, we could Who. totally do that. <laughs> if you're trying, there isn't a great Who podcast out there. I've been looking for like there are good Beatles podcasts. There's some really is a great Dylan podcast. But I find There's it more than enough Beatles. We can yeah. swap a couple Beatle we, ones. We, we, we ones. need a really good, a really well <laughs> maybe, done maybe Who this podcast. Is, we're birthing it right. This here. would be this would be amazing. So what was your what was what's your instrument? 
or art I started as a drummer. Started as a drummer. Yes, and I'm still a drummer. But you also play... And then I was in a band and I liked the, the guitar, so I started playing guitar and then I saw the keyboards and I think it came from just wanting to not explain things to people, which is also why I learned how to engineer. Mm -hmm. I just didn't have patience to explain and then have it misinterpreted or misdiagnosed. So I wanted to do it myself. Control freak OCD thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's... Isn't that why everyone... Like eventually, like do, learns to do the stuff that they learn to do is because, like no. especially in music, a sense of like, oh, I you know, like I I know how I want to do it, so I'm just going to do that. Not everyone. I think people are content going and strumming, and, and that's fine. There are other people who are just obsessive, and I I just liked it because it was interesting to learn new things that I didn't already know. I still right. like still like that. And you have and you've had. You play with other people's bands. You have your own bands. You do what? I don't have my own bands except some friends that get together. I do gigs sometimes with other people. I played a drum gig uh, earlier this year with Joe Perry. A few of them, a few shows. That's pretty cool. And um, that was my first my first rock show. Like they, it was at uh, I think it was maybe at the Rat. The Joe like, Perry Project. Yeah, they and yeah, in like 1984, 85, and I was they did an all ages show. And I got to go see, and I was awesome. David, yeah. David Holm, the lovely yeah. and talented David Holm. <laughs> so you, so you got to play with Joe Perry, and uh, I haven't done many gigs this year. No, I do. And wh what were you playing with him? I played drums. Drums, which is kind of weird, but was, I guess it worked. It was fun. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. What? How did? Wait. So it was just a one-off thing? No, I've worked with them uh, for over twenty years. Oh, okay. So you're kind. You're in the Aerosmith. Yeah, what there is of it Community. these days in this area, yeah. Well, but for 20 years, you've been in... Yeah, I played on a bunch of their records. I've done shows with Steven and Brad and Tom and Joey and Joe. Usually, I actually played with Aerosmith at Boston Garden. I filled in for Brad. It's got to feel good. So, yeah, it was great. No rehearsal. But you don't need a rehearsal. <laughs> that I mean... was the fun part. I love that. Like you we were know... talking about with Anthony uh, out there. It's Miles Davis. Rehearsal. That's what the stage is for. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> That's what I like. So it was fun. I know yeah. rehearsal. So for just Sunday. a lot of playing on the records and doing varying things. So basically, you guys are both two sort of journeyman session guys who also sort of have your own thing. But you know, if when like Squeeze is looking for someone, they're giving you a call. Aerosmith's looking for someone. You get to play on some very big stages when you get those kind of gigs, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think Steve plays more bigger state, you know, more live stuff these days than I do. That's... I'm scared to go out, so I, I do sessions, more session stuff. You're more an inside, you're an inside player. Yeah, but you're more, you're much more of an all rounder. Like you, you know, that whole studio, you know, head that, you know, I, I know what I want something to sound like, and I, you know, I have a basic concept of getting, you know, what what instructions of what I think I need something to sound like or where I want it to get to. Um, I'm much more what I call like the front end of like, you know, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll create the song or the lyric or whatever. And then, you know, you entrust it to people like Paul and, and Anthony that like, you know, can I give this precious thing to you and can you make it? And that's, you know, you have much more. Midwifing is what it's called, really. <laughs> it, well, musical yeah. midwife. It is musical midwifing because if you have a technical inclination and I do and Anthony does. And so it's we help. Artists who create uh, have ideas to get them down and realize them. So I serve that function, I suppose, with a bunch of different people. And do you write at all? I do. But most of my writing has been for TV and film. 
Oh, really? Yeah, a lot of TV shows. Like what? Were there anything American we would have heard? Pickers, and you have to go to the website, man. Uh, I'll put a link. I'll, uh, I'll put a link to the website. I'm, a lot of uh, what I'm doing these days is music career counseling. So, oh. so I'm speaking with people and coaching them and, and providing direction based on a preposterous amount of information I've taken in over my lifetime. You know, um, the, I don't know, more, uh, I don't know, financially ambitious people call that management. No, this is more helping people realize the, the, their songs in a more complete and uh, efficient way and same with recordings or oh, stage presentation so it's production like you're pretty you reckon as a producer no i would call it like a mental health counselor but in creativity you take away the things that are less flattering and you accentuate the greater things so if someone comes in with a song you lop off 10 seconds of the front and say you shouldn't go to that part there and then you get the song to be like a beatles song where there's absolutely no fat on it that's called isn't that called production Sort of. In the, old, the... In, in the old days, they called it arranging. Oh, okay. It's funny. We had, we. Well, I... If you go way back, you'll find <laughs> out that it's. Per... <laughs> no, I have a. I, I, I'm coming out with a record. I've made a record in a long time, and I have a record that's coming out. And our the guy who produced it refuses to take a producer credit, and he will only take an arranged and directed by credit. Steve Albini? No, oh, a guy named <laughs> Ford Pier. From okay. Vancouver, great songwriter and musician and producer. Well, good, I guess arranger. Good luck with that. If you need any career counseling, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give leave you a my call. Card. I'll give you a call. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> so, uh, so Paul, what is your 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 question for the Pop Oracle? I've given this just a very little thought because I wanted something spontaneous, and uh, that's I, I love it. I love it. Are we sentient beings meant for a meaningful life as we live them now? Or for a greater intent, later, or both. That's my question. Are let's. I want to get this clear. So, are we sentient beings? Yeah. Meant for what? Meaningful lives as we live them now. Right. Or for something greater in the future. To be like looked back upon. So, no. For example, if you're a Catholic, you believe that you're going to go to to you, heaven or you know, yeah. yes. right. Or is it both of those things? Okay. That's my question. For That's the funny. That's great. I have lo I have lots of ideas about it, but let's get into the musical divination. So, sure. I've got a token. So now we are down to there the point where there are only two songs left on the board, and those two songs are song number two, Emma. And song number four, Little White Doves. And we've already used the wheel. We've already used the Radio 8 cards. And now we are moving to the binary oracular divination tool. You know it as the coin. It has two sides. And if it lands on heads, it'll be song number two, Emma. If it lands on tails, it'll be song number four, Little White Doves. That asks Paul's very profound question about... What is our our raison d'etre as sentient beings on this planet? And now to engage the Pop Oracle, you get to flip the Radio 8 coin. It's the purple side. That's tails, which means little white doves. Little white doves is the answer to the question. Ready? Yeah. One, two. 
sorry, man, but what it's like to be a victim almost every night. And no one loves or really cares what you're drinking or the clothes we wear. And hello, hello to the pirate stations. Hello, hello to the ID nations. Hello, hello to all the generations, yeah. As we come like a little white doves, little white doves. Little white doves, little white doves, baby. Little white doves, little white doves, yeah. Terrace boys with the jet set crowd. Paint their nails while we paint the town. Coming up or getting down Lose yourself to the future Hello, hello to the smiling faces Hello, hello to take it back to basics Hello, hello to all the generation, yeah Cause we come like a little white doves, little white doves Little white doves, little white doves, baby yourself at the weekend the land of ours on Mondays come full circle Sundays cause we come like a little white dogs little white dogs little white dogs little white dogs baby little white dogs little white dogs yeah cause we come like a Little White Doves from Steve Smith. The answer to Paul's question, are we as sentient beings meant to basically live for now or some future thing? And uh, I got to say, wow, so we're talking about The Who. There's a, I felt like there's a whole bunch of Townsend DNA in that song. Uh. Pirate stations and not caring about what you wear, like they don't care about what you wear. To all our generation, you just got there's all there's like all these Townsend words in that song. Yeah, I've, I've, I've never actually never thought, thought about that. that way, but yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't have thought about it unless we were had been just talking about it. But uh, tell us about where. So, what is what's the background of the song? Uh, By the way, a great song. Were you singing harmony on that a little bit? Just mumbling in the background. Oh, it was nice. I don't want to interrupt you. It was nice. Sweet. Yeah. Um, This goes out all ages, right? And uh, there's no restrictions. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. Go ahead. So uh, the the funny story about this was is is when I was growing up in in London and, and you know, the UK and travelling around, going to Spain and Ibiza and stuff, uh, the best most memorable ecstasy tablet was little white doves <laughs> and you know they was it was kind of a, you know just a, a beautiful time for for music in the UK because I'd been you know been brought up in with older siblings listening to to music in the house that might be everything from Marvin Gaye Pink Floyd to to the Who Elvis Costello Squeeze 
And I love your record collection. Uh, that's my brothers and sisters. Yeah. Yeah. So I was very fortunate. And um, but then I, you know, I was very much into that. And then went went out and then went to clubs with kids my own age and saw DJs and what they'd do where they would take. It could be something like uh, the Water Boys. It could be simply for the Devil. Um, you know where they would take that and or they'd take the Who join together and and you know there was all mm-hmm. this wonderful music that came through. And it was this this beautiful moment, and the the heightened pleasure I would say on the dance floor was coming from the the little, little white doves. So the guys in Dirty Vegas that we released this song, we got together, and I said to the boys, "I really want to write a song about it." And they're just like, "Well, let's make it not exactly like referencing drugs." So there's, there's stuff in there. I mean, the Terrace Boys with the Jet Set crowd—that's like soccer hooligans, like you know, working class soccer guys hanging out in nightclubs with you know with very posh ladies i get how it's it's not intentionally that but isn't what you're describing just a later iteration of the mod scene well yeah dancing and on on drugs well of course yeah i mean you know growing up on quadrophenia i mean nothing nothing moved my you know creative mind more than than quadrophenia as as an album it's dark side of the moon and Quadrophenia. I mean, even getting on a train going down to Brighton, even yeah. going and finding Keith Moon's, you know, gravestone. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way, for me, the, the, certainly with them two bands, the way they used synthesizers like the arpeggiated stuff that Townsend used on all them classic recordings. And, and I love the gritty. I, I can almost picture the streets and the nightclubs and alleyways that Townsend's writing about in Who Are You when it, you know I woke up in a Soho doorway and your yeah. policeman knew my name. You know, um, that's. That that kind. Of, I'm trying to get something across in that. No, I'm not saying that I did or, or no, but, but you're but you're coming that's what I'm from. The, to. You're coming from the same place. It's like if you grow up in, you know, you grow up playing acoustic guitar in Oklahoma, you might end up accidentally sounding like Woody Guthrie because you're looking at the yeah. same things that he was looking at when he was writing. Or you know, so it makes sense. In fact, it, it's that because I, I wouldn't say that the song particularly sounds like a in any way. Sounds like a like a who type song, but as you're describing it, you're describing writing about about the same kind of experience of this sense of finding, I don't know, whatever it was that Quadrophenia yeah, was talking about. Yeah, that make it up or yeah. the same. And I learned something new about you. I didn't realize that those two albums loomed so large, and that you went, uh, huge. and that you went to Brighton, and that you <laughs> yeah. Because I went on the, the tube to Shepherd's Bush, and I, oh. I went to Richmond. I did I did all that, but I'm a Yank. And I didn't know where I was. Yeah, I've been out. I've, I've been up the river, and I've gone. That's Eel Pie Island. Yeah, yeah. Been, been there. Yeah. Up the River Thames, and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, man, like, I mean, I, you know, I love all them classic bands that we all know as the as the you know the pivotal ones. But the one that just still to this day is 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 the Who and and the delicacy that you'll get. In, you know the aggression that's in Quadrophenia, and and you know I'm going. I'm turning into Let's a podcast. It, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. You know. No, but uh, so what? I mean, the funny thing with that song is, is is getting back to it. So obviously it was, it was about drugs, and mm-hmm. it was very funny that people said to us over the years because a very another famous ecstasy tablet was Mitsubishi's, and people like even our manager at the time was going, "Isn't it really funny that you're connected to Mitsubishi when you know you're." You basically, you know, you were swallowing them, swallowing them with the Mitsubishi logo on them <laughs> as tablets in, in nightclubs and fields in the middle of nowhere. And then Little White Ducks. So fast forward <laughs> to a few years ago, we got a uh, an email from Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. You know, the Star Wars Lucasfilm. They wanted to use Little White Doves for this brand new uh, 
I don't even play them, but computer game, where you, this is state-of-the-art mm-hmm. lightsabers and all that kind of stuff. And they said to us, and it was a large chunk of money, they said, there's one catch. Can you re-sing the vocal? Can you sing Little White Droids? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Honestly, there's this uh, Lucasfilm... Little White Droids. Little White Droids. White Droids. White Droids. 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 Okay, thank you. And it was a big chunk of money, and, and the guys, the other guys in the band went... Do it, you know. Just take the money. I went. I, I, I can't. That song really means a lot to me. I can't. I can't do it. And they're like, <laughs> we could buy cars, filled just, with just little white doves. <laughs> get in the studio and sing the word. <laughs> Otherwise, what? we're going to get somebody else to sing the word. <laughs> little and white drives. Little white drives. <laughs> kid you not. I mean, forty. Yeah, I said, and even our label because we signed to a really cool independent in San Francisco called Om Records. Yeah, and of course they 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 receive. 50% of the master on it yeah. and the, 50, the other 50 for the publishing would come to us. So even they were going, Steve, just think about it. Just sing the word once. And, you know, and, and It's ironic because the Who sold everything they could get their hands on from, <laughs> no, day, from day one. No, they did. I mean, look, yeah, you know, look at the licensing now. The album sellout was... And uh, yeah. I said no. I said I wouldn't do it. Well, you, but but, you, but we just had the story where you didn't say no to Mitsubishi. Yeah, no, and I just... Uh, uh, I don't know what made me think. I'm not singing Little White Droids. So um, I didn't do it, but they still used the song. Oh, good for you. It's there. So we got the Lucas. You didn't have to change Days Go By to Days Go By in a Mitsubishi. No, but we did put a Mitsubishi in the video 12 months after we shot the original video. Yeah. So going back to your question about what is our kind of our purpose to enjoy the you know to live for live a good life it's in the moment it's not really a question about purpose i would say it's a pur- it's a question about existence and, yeah. and the perpetuation of spirit so it's almost like karma if you th- yeah. I, I read something i can't remember what artist someone said it on twitter the other day about sometimes karma skips a generation and can affect your kids so be careful what you do it might not if you don't yeah. care the, your loved ones might be affected or something yeah. like that that's what made me think about it yeah, because I was. I mean, I, I think. I mean, you you put it into sort of this metaphysical, like the the Catholic or like the idea of like an afterlife. But I think of it. I couldn't help but think of it as an artist. It may be this may be a difficult experience right now. Talking with you? No, oh, in life. Oh, just I, 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 in I, life I, in like general. Immediately right now. Yeah, but. <laughs> no, or by, by the way, it's not. It's right. very pleasant. But. Then something, some great art comes out of it. You know, it's like it's difficult to be on tour, but you reach, but you reach people, and then something happens. Yeah. Like being in the Who, like you're saying, the guy they didn't like each other. It seems like it was not the most pleasant experience being in the Who, and yet what they left affected the three of us here amazingly, incredibly. Yeah. Like we would be different people if it weren't for them. Absolutely. And so that that was the way that I was hearing it is like this idea, and like when you're talking about this, like. In the moment of taking these little white dove pills or of writing days go by, you don't know the impact of how what's going to happen and how that's going to change your life. And so, yeah, there was something – and and maybe the fact of us all having the the who as this backdrop maybe is, is – to me, that's the answer. And right? I would also draw a correlation between songwriting and philosophy – and both of one of the best things about both of them is that they're always open to interpretation. Absolutely. So anyone who reads Kafka or Scott or whoever, whomever, 
Uh, or here's a song, Stairway to Heaven. Who knows? It could be anything. Little White Doves. They might think it's it's about peace. You know, someone might interpret it a certain way. Well, uh, and that's one of the great things about songwriting is that you can write something with one original intent and it can turn into something completely different in someone else's mind. Yeah. Which yeah. is nice, like a movie. Well, the, you know, the, the, the doves in themselves, that because it, it was a form of ecstasy tablet that was happened just to be a very good one. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, was, it wasn't this horrible, just gnarly drug like cocaine or, yeah. or a, you know, a, a dirty a drug like heroin. Or, it, you know, it, it was a beautiful experience that there's 10, yeah. 15, 20,000 people all dancing. There's no violence. There's no guys fighting. It, it was this a lot of hugging beautiful. Too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it was the, the song, is, it's just trying to, you know, get all of that so Paul you know with, with Paul's question if anything for me that, that comes from that is you know that whole spirit of what people gathering to listen to music whether it's going to see something like Woodstock which is bands you know and one of the most famous festivals that's ever happened or whether it's like what's happened in dance music where people pitch up and get the generator put a, this is the stuff that I went to commune yeah for for music and that's yeah. that's happened since the beginning of the time you know so we use um, more of that too yeah and the feeling of, of of that dancing and and we we let's hope that we're dancing while we're down here and let's hope we've got one hell of a party when we get to wherever we're going to next well that is exactly all the stuff you're talking about is is why this show works songs are infinitely malleable yeah. in our to our to the listener like you can all they they can mean many different things and uh, and fulfill many different purposes to the listener than they necessarily maybe even can to the writer of it or the except creator for of one it. song. It's a man's 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 world by James Brown. There's no there's no interpretation there other oh, than one. Absolute no. I gotta say, <laughs> I just like to go on record saying that. <laughs> depends upon <laughs> depends upon who's asking the question. If I can get if I can get James Brown, it wouldn't mean anything without yeah. a woman or a girl. Yeah, well, <clears throat> at least he drops it in at the end. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, Paul, where can we check out your music? PaulSanto.com. PaulSanto.com. And you could scour Facebook. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, active accounts. Someone should scour Facebook. Oh, <laughs> sorry. And when you, when you go on PaulSanto.com, your jaw will drop with, you know, the work that this guy's done. With the absurd pictures. The absurd pictures, the me incredible connections. Me loitering in all sorts of different situations. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher, and check out our website and the links provided for info about past and future shows on the Radio 8 blog, our ongoing Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. And until next time... I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Show. It's a good show.